0: welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Wow, what an incredible time of worship. Yes. I, uh, I, I was worshiping on the front row and I, I was worshiping so hard my voice started going out. I was like... <laughs> I think I might need that, you know? <laughs> but man, you know, something special happens. A lot of times you can be in church and you can feel worship like flowing from the stage, right? Yep. But there's something real special that happens when you feel worship like flowing back from the back of the room back to the stage, right? Yeah. Like man, when, when the Holy Spirit moves, he moves on a whole room of people, a whole group of people. And I believe that's what God's doing right here and right now. Yep. You know, even even as we were worshiping, somebody brought me this, it said, Bring the dead things. The dead things inside of you, bring the spiritually dead to me. You only thought that you were alive in me, but I say to you, only partially alive in me, my power, this is not a time to shrink back, but I bring explosive power, creative power to bring life, life and more life in a powerful new way that you've never seen before. Oh, come on. Thank you, whoever brought that to me. You made me look real good just now. You know, the Lord is doing something real special right now. Like, like, real, like, like on Wednesday nights, right? Pastor John referred to it earlier. We're having our, our tables, which is awesome. It's at 630. You don't want to miss that. But uh, there, there was a moment where we're starting off the night, and Pastor John asked Abby to just come and play a couple of songs. Pastor John walks upstage to transition out of that, and the Holy Spirit just moved. Like like we were there for almost another 40 minutes. We were talking backstage earlier. He was like, man, I think we worshiped for like 40 minutes. I was like, no, 57, because I was in the back on the computer. He said he finished up. He's like, I wonder how long I have. I said, three minutes. You have three minutes. But the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Something like I've never experienced before. The, the Lord pointed me to this this week. And the Lord said, This is what I see in the church. Acts chapter 1. He said, I see an Acts church. Oh, that right there is exciting. He said, When they entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James, the disciples, the followers assembled together and this is this is what the lord said he said these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer among them the women the mary the mother of jesus and with his brothers he, what he said was that my disciples came together and they devoted themselves to my presence. Yes. And the Lord sees that there's a group of disciples in this place that are bringing themselves together and devoting themselves to the Lord's presence, to what the Lord wants to do. And oh, man, God gets so excited when he sees that. God gets so excited when he sees a group of people that just say, Lord, come how you want to come. Do what you want to do, Lord. He gets excited when he sees that. The name of today's message is, It's Closer Than You Think. Yeah. It's Closer Than You Think. Put that in your notes. Know, you know, it feels like we've all kind of been through hell the last two years, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, i got two favorite memes that we've had, re- that I've seen recently. Uh, the one, the lady, she's staring like that and yeah. says, looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation is happening today. <laughs> And the other one's, uh, it's Kermit looking out the, the rainy window and says, yeah, it sounds like thunder, but it's 2021. It might be Godzilla. Because <laughs> there is just no telling what else is going to happen. But you know, through all of it, we, we can struggle, we can have a hard time, but you got to understand this one important thing, God's closer than you think. He never left you. He never forsook, forsook you. He never, he never abandoned you at all. Amen. You know, there's a really incredible story that, that I believe the Lord really wanted me to share with you today. And it's found in John, the 11th chapter. And it's in t- such a, a tough moment. This is the story of Lazarus. Maybe you you know this story. Maybe you don't. But But this is... Two sisters have lost their brothers, and these are people who are who are very good friends of Jesus, like they know him. And I'm not talking like like know him, know him, like no, like the savior of the world is here, he existed, but they like know him. Yeah. Right? Like 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 they intimately have understanding of who he is in their life. I would tell you in a toughest moments, that's what we need. We don't just need to know that he exists, but we need to have intimate knowledge of knowing him and what he can do in me while I'm in that circumstance, right? We have to know him. Verse 33 says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. That moment that you cried, he cried with you right and he said where have the, have you laid him and they said to him lord come and see jesus wept Je- jesus wept You know, I think a lot of times it's like we want Jesus to show up and change the whole circumstances and and to do this miraculous thing in the physical world. But Jesus says, first and foremost, I care for you so much that I want to embrace the emotions that you're having about the situation that you're going through. Before I'm going to do anything about the situation, I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to speak to that thing in you that's causing you so much pain in here so that you can release what's in here to the world around you. Right? Because you can't, you can't give peace if you don't have it. And the Lord says, I want to give you peace in here. And I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to feel the pain that you feel with you so that I can give you part of who I am. Yeah. So Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? They see the, the Lord loved Lazarus, right? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from also dying? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times when we have a head knowledge, not a heart intimate relationship with who he is, we can have the expectation that he's going to walk into the room and he's going to show off as who he is, is God and savior. A lot of us actually think the story would have actually taken place in reverse, we think that Jesus would have come and raised Lazarus from the dead first and then begin to explain to the people who he is. But that's not what he did. He said, verse 38, so Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and the stone was lying against it. Hey, we all, a lot of us have stones wow. that are standing between us and what God wants to do in us. Yeah. There's there's a a stone, an immovable rock, right, standing between us and between what we want God to do in our lives. And, And Jesus simply says, move it out of the way. Move it out of the way. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha said, the sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he has been dead for days. And Jesus still, he he still, he doesn't say, do you know who I am? He doesn't pull that, do you know who I am card, right? Not at this moment, but but he's walking them through to show them who he is. You know, there, there, there's a reason why your story is the most powerful story you'll ever tell, because you can't just force your revelation on someone else. Yeah. They need to get it for themselves. Yeah. And what Jesus does is he actually begins to walk through the situation in such a way that he doesn't have to explain who he is. He's going to give us revelation who he is through what he's doing in our lives while he's doing it. And that's exactly what we see in this story, is that he comes, he embraces their emotions, he embraces them in an intimate way, says, what you feel, I feel, I am here with you, but let me show you what I can do with the dead things. Let me show you what I can do with the things that you think are too far gone. Let me show you what I can do with the things that you've given up on. Let me show you the kind of rocks that I can move in your life. Who in here needs a rock moved in their life? Come on. Hey, if you're watching online, throw some hands up in the in the chat, let us know. <laughs> you know, if, if you heard my last message, I'm not gonna kind of go back through that whole story, but but many of you know we, we, we we're passing our church in applause, and we closed that in January and came here, and God's just been so awesome. But through everything that's happened, there's been such ups and there's been such downs. But I can tell you that I experienced him in every single aspect of it I experienced him when I was on the mountaintop I'm experiencing him right now and when I was at my lowest moment he was there with me I was never ever alone he's closer than you think he's closer than you think here's where I really think that we can grab hold of what the Lord wants to do today because you're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. You know, as I was preparing for this message and really felt where the Lord wanted me to, to land the plane, right? The big idea of, of what we want to do. And I was like, Lord, but, you know, you're giving me this idea, but like no one is even in their routine right now, right? Like, like no one, like, I don't think I've had a routine in like two years, you know, like, No no one's having a normal day right now. And the Lord said, well, what if their routine had them stuck in a rut? What if their routine involved looking at pornography every day? What if their routine involved, like, drinking themselves to sleep every day to try and mask some of the hurt pains on the inside? What, what, What if the routine had them binge eating and trying to find comfort in food rather than find it in the Savior? What if routine, right, what if routine... Had you stuck in the gym all day because you felt like you had to be top physical shape in order to be liked by people. What if that was the routine? And Lord said, those are some of the very things that I want to stop. Those are some of the very things that I want to bring you out of. So you don't have to be in a routine to experience what God has for you. He said, Hey, I'm doing a whole new thing a whole new thing. I mean, we thought we were hitting a reset when COVID came in. But all all my tech people, you'll, you'll know this one, like, we're doing a hard reset, like one of those moments where you unplug the computer, and you press every button to take every piece of power out of a capacitor or anything else in that computer that can hold power, and then you plug that thing back in so there's no trace of anything that was there before. I feel like the Lord wants to do that in our lives. So it's like, you know what? Whatever your routine was, I have something better. Whatever you used to do, I got something even better than that that I want to do in your life. When, this, when a storm hit, uh, I think I got back like one or two days after the storm I actually had to take a boat to my house to, to get home, like literally there's three feet of water in the, in the, downstairs, but I'm good, don't worry about me, I'm good. I have, I have footage of a, me riding a boat to my house, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was quite a time and, and, and I came back because I didn't know what in the world I was coming back to, and uh, and I left Rachel and the kids over at my mother-in-law's house, and and as I'm getting like, hey, go to disasterassistance.gov and 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 you apply there and you get help and, and all, and it's like okay, well, like I don't even know what the ground's gonna look like in my house when all this water leaves, right? Like, so so I, I told Rachel, say hey, can you apply? Can you can you just like go on here and just apply for this thing? And she's like, yeah, 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 sure. So she uh, she did, and a few days later, they came back down. there with me, and I said, man, let me go uh, let me go check and see where where this whole situation is. Anybody else had to go check status? That check status. All right, if you hadn't checked status, I got I got a real quick lesson for you. So so I went in to check status and uh. And, and I went in there and I was like, well, what's the username and password? She's like, you didn't give me a username and password. I was like, you can't have an account without a username and password, you know? But she was right, she was right. So, so, so I hit like, tell me my username, like, you know, reset my password, like I went through all those things. And like, if you don't know, I'm a computer person, all right? So if you tell me, did you say reset password? I'm gonna look at you like, dude. Like, yes, I checked reset password. So, so I called, I called the FEMA hotline and I sat on hold for one hour for a guy to say, did you hit reset password? <laughs> yes, sir, I hit reset password. As a matter of fact, I told you I hit reset password as soon as you picked up the phone so you wouldn't ask me that question. <laughs> He said, well, sir, I see all your stuff in here. I don't know why you can't sign in. I was like, I don't either. That's why I hold on hold for you for an hour. He says, well, sir, I'm going to have to transfer you technical support. Said, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Another hour and a half. I'm two and a half hours in at this point. And look, like uh, Joel, J- Joel Desheri, is just such an incredible man of God, doing great stuff through, through all around the world. Let's just put it like that. But, uh, he actually had uh, Pastor Jonathan Stockstill at Bethany came to visit for a moment. And I'm, I'm walking around the building with him and I have FEMA on hold, right? So I got like their, their music playing on hold and everybody's like, is that your theme song? Like, what is that? What do I keep hearing? Because it's like two and a half hours I'm on hold with him, you know? And I get on technical support and he says, oh, the next button says create account. It was right there the whole time. <laughs> it's like, why do we need to like pre-register and then create an account? I really didn't understand it at all. But but it was right there the whole time. You're so close. You maybe you just don't even realize how close you are to everything that the Lord has for you. Hey, freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. <laughs> Oh, somebody, I'm going to say that again. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of some one, the presence of peace. You know, think through this whole situation, a lot of us have probably felt like we've gotten to the end of our rope. Like, 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 that's it. I'm done. I just quit. Like, somebody else can have the house, the car. I mean, y'all ever like? I had so, I have so many car problems. I had one. I, like, the car that was running started beeping at us yesterday. Like, I don't even. What? What is? It was. A, it was. It was overheating, and there's no temperature gauge on the stupid car. <laughs> Everything, man, everything. But you know, what's crazy though is the moment that we get to the end of that rope is the moment that God does his greatest work on the inside of us. The moment that we can get past ourselves and get out of the way of what God actually wants to do in our lives is the greatest moments of revelation of deliverance of freedom of anything we will ever find. You're closer than you think. Jump over to 1 Peter 5 with me. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. Everybody say exalt. exalt. Thank you. I need water. Therefore, you yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Let, let, let me let me kind of re let, let me really give you some something to really hold on to this scripture with. In Luke, the 11th chapter, the disciples go over to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. Now, these were men who knew how to pray. They knew all the, all, all all the prayers that they were supposed to, they, they, they knew the idea of prayer. But they said, Jesus, when you pray, it just looks different. It's almost like you got a, a wrestling match that you have with God when you do that. It's like you're you're working these things out in your life. It's like you're, you're bringing those things to him and really unloading all the burdens in your heart, the burdens in your mind. You're unloading those things and allowing God to replace them with something that is life and life to the fullest. When it says cast, that word cast means to throw. It means to get rid of. It means to unload. It's unload your anxiety on him. He carried the cross and it looked like this because he was waiting for you to take your worries and put them on his shoulders. Cast, throw them off. You're closer than you think. You're so much closer than you think. (laughs) When I was 16, I started uh, doing jewelry work and something I kind of enjoy doing. I get to kind of get in my own world for a little while. If you ever walk up and start talking to me, I'm not looking at you. I have no clue you're talking to me because I've learned to really focus in on what I'm doing. So just kind of get in my periphery and my wife loves that about me. <laughs> but something that I learned in jewelry is that whenever I want whenever I want to make a, a, a duplicate of something, I have to make a mold. What I actually have to do is I have to make the original piece perfect. Because if the original piece isn't perfect, the flaw of the original will be cast into every piece that comes after it. Yeah. The original has to be perfect. Yeah. But you take the original and you put it in a machine called a vulcanizer. It sounds way cooler than it is. It's just a bunch of rubber that you melt together. And, and you encase that original, and and, and you melt the rubber all the way around the perfect piece. And then at at the right time, when it's cooled, you begin to cut that piece out of the rubber. And you take a a hot wax injector and you inject wax, because now the mold has the exact negative of the perfect piece and you begin to inject wax into the into the mold the negative that you have replicas of the original but then you have to take the origin the, the replicas and you have to put them make like something that kind of looks like a tree where all of the all of the the replicas all of the wax is in this tree and you put it in like a plaster of paris and you have to put it in a mach- machine that vacuums all the air bubbles out of it and you let it dry and you put it in the oven, a kiln, not just a regular oven, like a hot, hot, hot oven that actually evaporates all of the wax out of the plaster of Paris. So you have a negative of the whole tree. And then you take what you want to make the replicas out of, and you put them in a crucible, crucifix, crucible. Somebody in the back is going to get that one and you begin to heat on it. And what happens in the crucible when you begin to heat is all the impurities begin to come up to the surface, and you begin to shake it around and around, and all of the impurities begin to attach themselves to the side. But do you know how you know when it's time to make the pour? When you can see your reflection in the very thing you've melted. When the impurities are moved out of the way, When, 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 let me put it like this, when Jesus sees himself in you is the moment that he makes the poor. That is, that is the moment that he makes the poor and into the tree that begins to show Christ on earth. Yes. So we're, 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 we can struggle with the moments of saying, God, I want you to do something. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm doing it right now. You feel like you're in the fire. But what I'm actually doing is burning away all the bad habits, all the impurities, everything that's going on. And when you're in the middle of that fire, when you begin to worship me, I see my reflection in you. I will make the poor and you will be Christ on earth. Yeah. You're closer than you think. You're so much closer than you think. Revival's closer than you think. Now, I, I think that we can look at revival like this idea that we're just waiting on God to do this thing. right? Like, like as if God has portioned himself out in a specific amount over the course of time. No, no. Revival is what happens when a group of believers give their absolute yes. Yes. Revival is what happens when the posture of our heart says yes to the Lord. That we position ourselves, say, Lord, whatever you're saying right now, I say yes. Yes. Maybe your yes is deliverance from sin. Maybe your yes is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe your net yes is just to love your neighbor. Maybe your yes is to love your spouse. Maybe your yes is that a ministry has been brewing up on the inside of you. But whatever that is, whatever that is, when you say yes, you posture your heart in such an incredible way. What would it look like? If we just started in this room and every single person in this room gave a yes to God today. What would that look like? The Lord showed me exactly what it would look like. Because when we do, we go from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 2. That rhymed. I didn't even plan that. Hey, worship team, can you guys join me up here? I, I, think, I think the Lord wants to do something. I don't think we're done. starting in verse one, chapter two, when they of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men of, from every nation from under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. God's going to open up doors for you to communicate with people that you never could have communicated with before just because of your yes. yes. Verse 14. I love this. But Peter, taking his stand... Oh, take your stand today. Take your stand and say yes today. With the 11, raised his voice and declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. And he began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. The end of the chapter goes like this. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Oh, come on. Somebody can amen that. That day, there were 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs. Oh, come on, somebody. Y'all know our yes brings us to this place. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as everyone might have need day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day That's what happens when we give our yes. That's what happens when we give our yes. Would you give your yes today? Can you stand up with me? I know that your yes may look different than the yes of the person standing next to you. That's okay. Revival isn't about some people figuring out how to be perfect. It's just about a group of people that'll say yes. Let us be that people that give the Lord our absolute yes today and see what incredible and miraculous thing he does in us. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.